The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. MLB show. Here are your hosts, the luckiest men on the face of the earth, Chase Fedorsky and Bryce Holden. Welcome to episode 190 of the Underdog Sports Baseball Show with Bryce Holden. My name is Chase Fedorsky. A fairly eventful, uneventful week in baseball, if that makes sense. Uh, we got our first, uh, our first two of what I can only imagine will be many Jerry DePoto moves this offseason, and my brother was very annoyed with me when the Mariners made this trade, because I probably said at least eight to nine times around the house when I was home that day, good trade for the Mariners, really like it. And I'm sure because you and I have had these conversations about many other things, you could picture me saying it in that exact cadence over and over again, just, ah, Mariners, really good trade, really like the move. <laughs> you usually don't do it nine times in one day, though. Usually do it once a day for like nine days in a row, and then it starts getting funny. Well, but this is a guy who you know. I love it. He's, he's one, one of your. He's, he's one of your favorites. He's on my all. He's on the all Bryce team. And it was a trade for what it's worth. That to me, even by Depoto standards, this came out of nowhere. I didn't think that the guy getting traded was going to get moved, even though he had one year left. They that said was, no. He was getting, Twitter had it like a day before. Oh, Twitter. Twitter's still alive and well for those concerns. Thank God. Candidly speaking, my dad asked me, what would you do if they if Elon tanks Twitter? I said, I don't know if we'd be able to have a podcast. That was, I mean, we're, that was a dumb football play. Yeah. Pacheco. So we had a big trade. Uh, the Baseball Red Association America Awards were given out last week. Most of the BovadaSportsbook.com favorites uh, took the award. I would say maybe the only... Guy who wasn't a slam dunk favorite coming in was NL Manager of the Year, who won? NL Manager was definitely an upset. A little bit more of an upset or a toss-up. Uh, and one guy in particular, and we'll touch on that in a second, I think uh, last year a common thing that you and I talked about was how we now need to start talking about Hall of Famer Joey Votto. And preview of what's to come. After he won the NL MVP, I think we're very much trending towards having to really start considering future Hall of Famer Paul Goldschmidt. We already have to consider it, but... I, th- I mean, he he is now, you can kind of bake in him being on the back nine of his career. But he's now on the path to have three or four more solid years. and He doesn't need to do anything else great. Correct. He just needs to be an average. Like one league. more all-star appearance, a couple more Cardinals playoff appearances, which I think is especially likely in the Central now that the Brewers are sort of in between a little bit more post-hater trade. Um, yeah, good for Goldschmidt. Yeah, and just to get him in the show, Albert. Good job on the announcement. Yeah, I didn't know that Albert and Goldschmidt were such brothers in Christ until I watched MLB Network. So, you learn something new every day. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt's like got one of the most Jewish-sounding names in all of sports. Pools' brother in Christ. Go figure. Pools is happy. You, I saw, I don't know if this is on there. I saw a very interesting Pools thing before we get into the week. So, as part of Pools' contract with the Angels, he has a 10-year... $10 million. The service clause. The service clause. It's a contract that just keeps on giving if you're Albert Pools. So I guess Albert Pools is, uh, you have to, uh, now that he's retired, he's affiliated with the Angels. I have a take for you real quick that I want your opinion on. Let's hear it. 
And, all right, looking at this guy's 2012 season, it's a little bit less of an argument than I thought. But which MVP winner and runner-up in the past 10 or so years in the National League had a quicker, steep decline? The Braun Kemp 1-2 in 2011 or Yelich and Bellinger in 2019? Bellinger and Yelich, I should say. I mean, it's Bellinger, Yelich, as of now. I still have hope for Bellinger in a new market. And I don't know, has Yelich just been that awful, or is it more no, combination? No, he's been hurt. He's been hurt, for sure. But. So there's still hope for those two, but happened to Braun and Kemp. Yeah, can't say I saw that coming. Yeah, just thought I'd bring that up now. Big Matt Kemp podcast. But let's get into that trade that I mentioned. Uh, it happened Wednesday, and the Mariners announced that they have acquired all-star right fielder Teoscar Hernandez from the Blue Jays in exchange for setup man Eric Swanson and pitching prospect Adam Mako. Hernandez turned 30 this year, uh, and he will give the Mariners a hard-of-the-order slugger who this year hit 283, 333, 519. Or excuse me, uh, over the past three years, that was a slash line. 73 home runs, 71 doubles, and 1,370. 37 plate appearances. Um, StatCast ranked him in the 94th percentile or better in hard hit rate, average exit velo, max exit velocity, and a lot of stuff that you guys, candidly, probably don't really care about. Um, Hernandez is one of those guys that I almost think gets lost in the shuffle uh, in that Blue Jays lineup because Vlad is the headliner. Because his dad never played in the league. His dad never played in the league. Vlad was the headliner. Bo Bichette is the flashy shortstop. They they traded for Springer. Um, I they traded mean, for Chapman, signed Springer. Sign, correct. But, I mean, you look at Tioscar's numbers. All uh, he does is hit. All he does is hit. I mean, the big year, obviously, was 2021. That's kind of what put him on the map. 32 home runs, 116 RBIs, at 296, 870 OPS. I mean, this year, down year slightly. Um, but, again, still an 807 OPS, 25 home runs, uh, 77 RBIs, played in 131 games. You know, speed-wise, sneaky speed, 24 steals and 32 attempts over the past three seasons. Uh, his sprint speed ranks in the 84th percentile, Vol MLB players. Um, defensively, he's a negative defender, but again, the Mariners, I think, don't have a set DH. And I think, if anything, this sets the stage for them to maybe bring Mitch Hanniger back and let Teoscar uh, DH a little bit more. Um, and this is just a really interesting trade, in my opinion, for both sides. I mean, one for the Mariners, this is a true middle-of-the-order Righty masher, you put him behind Julio. That's some real protection. But from the Blue Jays' perspective, um, Eric Swanson was a good reliever last year. Um, you know, he I, I, I'm probably underselling. He was a great reliever last year. One six eight ERA, thirty four percent strikeout rate, four point nine percent walk rate. Since he moved to the bullpen in twenty twenty one, two point three three ERA and eighty nine innings. Um, but again, you essentially just gave up a guy who's a year away, a year removed from a Silver Slugger All Star season for a left handed relief pitcher. I mean, this move for Durant is about what comes next. They have to do something next. Because it's not even like they're saving that much money. He was only going to make... He made $12.7 million last year. You figure arbitration this year, $14, 15000000 million. I know their payroll um, is still projected to be an opening day record, $176 million for them. But uh, again, it just feels like they sold a little bit low on Teoscar. Uh, and, and I think the more interesting component of this is and I, it has to be considered with any trade in general, is the idea of the qualifying offer. Because Teoscar doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would have accepted the qualifying offer. So I guess the question is, what is worth more? A, a dominant, but still at the end of the day, a left-handed relief pitcher. And we know firsthand as Yankee fans how volatile the relief market can be from one year to the next. Or getting a top 40 to 60 pick if Teoscar signed elsewhere. I mean, you want the proven guy if you're in Toronto and it's a win-down mode. They're in a win... Toronto's World Series are bust. 
Payroll they have, talent they have, it's World Series or bust. They made a bunch of all-in moves already. They just want to get some. They just want a lefty in the lineup. That's really all it is. They're proud. They're clearing. They're clearing out a spot to get a lefty bat in there. Yeah, I mean, we've already heard that uh, Brandon Nemo, the two main service, the two main bidders for his services, are going to be the Mets and the Blue Jays. Is that over the Rockies' offer? Well, and that was going to be the next opponent of it. If the Rockies are really going to offer five for one twenty, which was reported a couple weeks ago, that means the offer was going to be somewhere around there. So it's a two part question. It's a: Would you rather have Nemo uh, over Tiasker? And B, would you rather have Nemo for $120 million over, let's just say for argument's sake, the same money for Teoscar Hernandez? I'd rather Teoscar. Every single time. I mean, again, this is where I think you overthink. Baseball. Maybe they signed Bellinger, but... Baseball is addicted to overthinking stuff. And sometimes you just want better players. See, this is a case where if I'm Toronto, I'd rather the better player. Yeah, if I'm a Blue Jays fan, I'm looking at this and I'm just kind of shrugging my shoulders. I will ask you this, though. Obviously, he's moving to Safeco Park. Or it's not Safeco anymore. What is it? You're usually good at the stadium, man. T-Mobile. Seattle's T-Mobile? I think so. Is there another T-Mobile in sports? Yes. T-Mobile Vegas, is in Vegas. I've been to T-Mobile. That's what made me think of it. Um, so I will ask you this. Uh, what would you put as your bravado over under for Teoscar Hernandez's home run total? Let's say he plays 145 games, relatively full year. Well, if I take the under on games played, that's another one of his problems. All right, let's say for the sake of this, he plays that 140 games. What's your over-under estimate for home runs? It's 29 and a half. And then do you think – I don't – see, I, I don't know. Do you think, I guess, going back to the qualifying offer, I know it's such an unexciting thing to go back to, but do you think Seattle, based on the logic we just discussed, made this trade thinking even if we don't resign him, if nothing else, we can get a pick for him? The Seattle bullpen's nasty. Like Swanson – I think, good, Se- I think Seattle saw this as, look, there's a guy – this is exactly what Seattle needs. Here's a middle-of-the-order thumper. Here's our perfect protection for Julio. Julio's our franchise. Let's get him a number two. That team potentially, and again, I know the Seattle ballpark dimensions are what they are, but if you bring Mitch Hanniger back and you get a healthy Jesse Winker if you don't trade him, between Suarez, Winker, Hanniger, Teoscar, and Julio, and Ty France and Cal Raleigh, there could be a lot of home runs for the Mariners faithful next year. That, that An already exciting team this year Maybe even more exciting. And that the pitching's going to be great. Should we take a future on Bovada? Mariners lead the league in homers? No. <laughs> Only because it's still Seattle, and you still got to go up against the Astros pitching a lot. Yeah, Less than get, they would have. You got to go up against the Angels pitching a lot. Angels made a move in the rotation, but it was a left-handed starter, and T. Oscar matches lefties. Shout-out to the rest of the AL East, which is getting rid of guys who hit the who hit well against the Yankees. It's G-Man Choi, T. Oscar Hernandez. Red Sox, if you want to let Bogarts leave and uh, Devers leave and Orioles if send Adley elsewhere, I guess. I don't think they're doing that. No, I don't either. So Jerry Depoto, first big move of the offseason to Oscar Hernandez. Uh, we're going to transition a little bit from transactions to awards. We'll circle back in a bit. Let's start with the one near and dear to our hearts, Aaron Judge. I think we knew he, we were, he was going to win the AL MVP. And if you don't know what Aaron Judge did this year, then you obviously must not be watching baseball. Silver Slugger shattered Roger Maris's AL single-season home run record for home runs. Also the Yankee home run record. Um, 62 home runs. He also led the majors in runs scored, RBIs, OBP slugging, OPS, OPS plus, total bases, fourth all-star appearance, third Silver Slugger. 
Um, were you surprised at how many first place votes he got? He got 20 of the possible 30 first place votes. Otani got the other two. Jordan uh, came in third. And this is Judge's second uh, top three finish. 2017, he came in second to Altuve his rookie year. I was I thought Otani would get more. And I actually the only two voters. I also think I should mention this because I have mixed feelings about it. Uh, were the two Angels writers? I guess you got to vote for your guy though. But I was watching the award show on MLB Network, and I mean I knew Judge was going to win. Can we talk about the award shows themselves? Do these need to be two fucking hours? They like, do not need. to be I know you need ratings, but an hour. An hour is fine. You yeah. want to drag it out to an hour, that's fine. Dude, 7.30 I, announcement and an eight. I think even manager of the year got two hours. They all got two hours. It's unbelievable. But I, the case for Otani was so strong that I could see people who, like, the Otani case was really strong. And Otani had an incredible, the best case I heard was Verducci say he basically had Corbin Burns and Bryce Harper's season last year. Yeah. I mean, when you look at the numbers, that is what it comes down to. Look, Otani... We could look back and say that Otani, candidly speaking, had maybe the best all-around year in the history of baseball this year. And he it, improved on the season and, last And year. it took something. It would have taken something that we thought would never be done again and have a historically unbelievable year. And Judge had that. It's as simple as that. Judge, if you had 62 home runs, you were the MVP. And I'm also going to give myself a little pat on the back. Um, I don't often hit futures, but I did hit a Bavada future that I placed uh, before the season for Aaron Judge to win the MVP at plus 1,700, uh, which I promptly lost most of playing online blackjack. You love the online blackjack, Chase. Some would say to a fault. I would say that. Um, let's just talk about the Judge free agency while we're talking about Judge. Uh, the Yankees said that they made a new offer. They're looking to get this done as soon as possible. How Steinbrenner pretty much all but confirmed that if Judge is back, he's the next captain of the New York Yankees. Your best guess, what does that new offer look like? The new offer? Eight for $350? You think that much money? I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know how you can lose him. I don't think Hal Steinbrenner can lose him. No, and I think how I, I don't like to give Hal credit, but I think Hal, to his credit, everything that he said indicates that. I also think Judge is, I think Judge is going to take his time. I think it's going to end up. Judge is going to take meetings with other teams. I think it's going to end up being seven for. It's like I want to say seven for like three hundred, but that puts the AAV over forty million a year. But yeah, that might be what it takes. I do. I do really think though, he's, it's only going to be between the Yankees and the Giants, unless somebody throws like it will be the, the Dodgers. Un, unless somebody throws a crazy like holy shit, where did this come from? Offer. Think like Mariners giving Cano two hundred forty million dollars ten years ago. I mean, it would be the Dodgers are the other team that could do that. The Mets have the money to do it. But, but Cohen, Cohen did say, and it's actually uh, being investigated now as potential uh, collusion. The Players Association brought it up. Steve Cohen did say, I'm not going to get into a bidding war with the Yankees over him. I don't know if that means he doesn't want to spend the money, if he respects Hal, or he just thinks, hey, you know what? We got the Gromit's mother big free agents. Let's take our money. Judge also money. shouldn't be the Mets' first priority. Their first priority needs to be bring DeGrom back. Bring DeGrom back, but I do think they need another bat, for sure. I mean, if they lose Nemo, then I guess that's why the Yankees are going to get this done early. Get it done early, Yanks. And moving to the National League, um, the guy who won the National League MVP is a guy we led the show with, uh, Paul Goldschmidt. He had become close many times. He was twice a runner-up for the MVP, finished third another time, six uh, he was top six finisher five times, but he beat out third baseman uh, Manny Machado, who finished second, and his teammate Nolan Arenado. Uh, but before I get to that, I want to go through four through ten in the AL MVP voting. Anything past ten is whatever. Jose Ramirez fourth. <coughs> no surprise. 
Altuve fifth. Uh, Altuve one of those guys really where you and I went through the other day when the award got announced. I think he really had an unbelievable year that flew under the radar. I don't know if it's because of the Astros and them having so many good bats or just because of people's disdain still of Altuve because of the trash can thing. But, I mean, sneakily had an, another unbelievable 5 to I season. think it's because it, it's because it's not the Altuve that he was famous for. He's, we looked through it. He's not hitting 340 anymore. He's a power-hitting second baseman. Who hit 300? Uh, Andre Semenis finished sixth. Look, Lindor is Lindor, but if you're a Guardians fan and Rosario was starting in the outfield throughout the postseason and Jimenez finished sixth in the MVP voting, you kind of say, you know what, we did the best we could. I look at that trade, if I'm a Guardians fan, and think we absolutely blew the Red Sox out of the water and what they got for Mookie, and I think we'd all agree Mookie's a much better player than Lindor. Not even close. I don't think – I think – So when you contextualize it that way, the Guardians did really well. It's um, The Guardians didn't win that trade, but they didn't lose it. I think they did the best they could given the circumstances, whereas yeah. the Red Sox got worse. The Red Sox just got worse. <laughs> Julio Trout, Xander, Bogarts, Justin Verlander rounding out the top ten there. Um Goldschmidt, though, uh, him and Arnado narrowly became narrowly missed becoming the seventh set of teammates finished first and second in the Baseball Writers Association of America MVP balloting since 1969. Goldschmidt received 22 of 30 first-place votes and eight second-place votes for 380 points. Machado, seven first-place votes, 291 points. Arnado finished third, 232 points. It's the first Cardinal to win the award since Pujols went back-to-back in 08 and 09. Uh, Cardinals players now have 18 MVP awards, second to the Yankees, 21. Uh, amazingly, he's the fifth Cardinals first baseman, Goldschmidt, Pujols, uh, Keith Hernandez, Orlando Cepeda, and Stan Musial. Very cool there. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, Pools was the one who announced Goldschmidt as the winner. 35 years old. He's the ninth oldest MVP in the divisional era and the oldest since Bonds won it at, won it at 40 years old in 2004. He's the fourth oldest first-time MVP in the divisional era and the sixth oldest first-time winner in the history of the war, award. Uh, he also had a clean sweep of the award circuit. NL Hank Aaron Award, Silver Slugger, Players Association Most Outstanding Player, and the MLB Retired Players Association Hard and Hustle Awards. Did not get gold glove. Did not win a gold so glove. So is that a clean sweep without gold glove? Of the offensive awards, I will say. Uh, way to call me on my shit there. Uh, Goldschmidt, again, I, it's interesting because August and September, he was really not a great hitter. And I think that's what allowed Machado to make this an interesting race. Nolan, obviously, his own teammate did so great. We talked about Freddie Freeman. Uh, Freddie, I have to have this wrong. Freddie, Freddie finished fourth. fourth. And Mookie was fifth. Mookie was fifth. Um, but he was just so good through August. I, I mean, Judge... It was almost like Goldschmidt through July and August. We're talking about him as a triple crown winner. Flipped over to Judge in September, but an outstanding all-around year. And I mentioned this at the beginning of the show, but uh, you know, I would say this put the Bavada odds of future Hall of Famer Goldsch- Paul Goldschmidt into like the plus two three hundred range. I mean, you look at what you want from if a Hall you get it at plus value, take it now. Yeah, I mean, you look at what he has on his resume: seven-time All-Star, five-time Silver Slugger. Uh, four-time Gold Glove Award winner. I think it's like 150 steals, which, you know, again, take that for whatever it's worth, but for a slugging first baseman is good. Really, really has done just everything well in his career. Near 300 hitter. As long as he stays healthy and finishes out this Cardinals contract, you know, you and I did some rough projecting the other day. 400 home runs, 2,300 hits. To me, the best player comparison, honestly, would be this generation's Jeff Bagwell. 
Um, I don't know if Goldschmidt will be a first ballot Hall of Famer per se. You know, you mentioned, I think you had a great point that you brought up to me when we were going through this the other night. Like, Vlad didn't get in on the first try, but then Vlad on the second try got in 93% of the ballots. Yeah, people are, the writers are so weird. I think he is. But he's a universally respected guy. Um, is one of those guys like a Matt Holiday that got traded in the middle of his career and is like trending towards being like not a Cardinals retired number guy, but like a Cardinals Hall of Famer? Matt Holiday's going to get in the Cardinals stuff. He's back on the team. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just, I'm glad that a guy like Goldschmidt ended up in St. Louis. Because I don't think he would have gotten this acclaim and respect had he stayed in Arizona. No, he wouldn't have. Cardinals, there's a handful of fan bases that carry their guys. And if you get to represent one of those franchises, you have a different swagger. And maybe that's part of the reason why Vlad did, took Vlad those extra, that Vlad didn't get in the first year because he was an angel and an expo. And I think also, especially towards the end, Vlad, he played for a lot of teams at the end. Uh, he played for the Rangers. The Orioles. He played for the Orioles at the end. Um, but credit to Paul Goldschmidt, man. I, I, it's, I, I hate to say, I hate when we make it seem like one award can make all the difference for the Hall of Fame, but it, it really does. When a guy has the MVP on his mantle, plus all the other accolades, it's just the cherry on the top that, to me, is a tiebreaker. I mean, we said a very similar thing when Freddie won it two years ago. Him and, Fre- him, him and Goldschmidt are on remarkably similar trajectories. Yeah, and again, Freddie's got another... Freddie going from Atlanta to... The Dodgers. Freddie's got the ring. And he's got a ring. I mean, Freddie, no one's debating Freddie in or not. I mean, could is it out of the realm of possibility the Cardinals win the World Series next year? No. You give Goldschmidt a ring, he's walking them. Yeah, and they'll be in the playoffs for, I would say, at least the next couple of years. They'll at least be in the race. So those are your MVPs. Uh, MVP, balloting for the rest of the National League. Freddie, Mookie, Austin Riley, JT Realmuto, Pete Lindor, Sandy Alcantara, uh, and Trey Turner. Uh, Sandy, one of our two Cy Young winners, but I'm going to start in the American League. Justin Verlander, his third career AL Cy Young award, won it unanimously, uh, and it capped a storybook season in which he returned from Tommy John to surgery at 39, 18-4, 175-ERA, and 28 starts. Uh, he won the AL Cy Young award in 2011 with the Tigers, also unanimously at 19 with the Astros, becoming the first pitcher to win a Cy Young award after not pitching in the previous season. He's also the first player in any of the big four sports to win an MVP. Cy Young, MVP, etc. type award uh, for not playing at all the previous year. Uh, Dylan Cease came in second. Alex Manoa came in third. Otani fourth. Uh, Fran Valdez came in fifth. Uh, following Tommy John's surgery, Verlander led the AL and wins ERA, whip opponents, OPS, opponents, batting average, and hits per nine. His ERA was the lowest by an AL pitcher since Pedro. It's 174 uh, in 2000. And again, that, that's a season that we hold in rare fire. Uh, you know, Pedro 99, 2000. It's as good as it gets. Uh, he's the 11th pitcher to win at least three Cy Young Awards. Uh, Maddox, Carlton, Randy Johnson, and Clemens are the only ones to win more. He's the first Astros pitcher to win multiple Cy Young. So I would say at this point, Verlander's number's getting retired in Houston. I mean, two rings, two Cy Youngs in five years. He's getting retired. No, retired both. Well, I think with the Tigers, it was... That was no, he's definitely getting. No he's definitely getting his number you ready? You ready for my, post-gen- my multi-generational comparison here? Let's hear it. He's to the Astros, especially if this is it for him and he signs with another team. He's the Astros' Reggie Jackson. Very short stint with the team. Uh, in Verlander's case, even shorter because it was half of 17, 18, 19. Short inning and, and, tw- an inning and, and 20. An inning and 20 in this year, but won two rings and just balled the hell out while he was there. Two rings, three pennants, two Cy Youngs. Your number's going up. 
fourth oldest Cy Young Award winner uh, behind early win Gaylord Perry and Roger Clemens. It's his fifth career B, uh, BBWAA award, uh, the three Cy Youngs, MVP, and AL Rookie of the Year, which is tied for the third most with Randy Johnson, trails only Barry Bonds and Clemens. Cease made this interesting. I mean, he had a really good stretch there. I honestly think Otani should have gotten a little bit more love for the Cy Young. I don't think he should have won it. Won it. Um, but Justin Verlander, I mean, start to finish, just such an unbelievably dominant year, historically good, almost as historically crazy as this, you know, basically walk-off uh, punt return touchdown that the Patriots had against the Jets today. Um, but Justin Verlander, it really is amazing. I mean, guys talk about wanting to pitch till they're 44 years old. I could see if Verlander really wants 300 wins that bad, who's to say he can't pitch till he's 44? He's got a brand new elbow. Uh, he just put up these numbers. It's unbelievable. I, there's no reason for him to stop unless he wants to. He can keep going to get 300 wins. He's probably our last, us as a baseball fan, as the baseball fans, he's our last shot. Yeah, just because Max is a little too far behind. Clayton won't get there. Uh, my two other Justin Verlander questions coming off the Cy Young are, one, do you think he's going back to Houston? And B, now that he's officially got the Cy Young in his mantle, for how much money? I mean, he's making. I mean, what? Scherzer, he opted out of twenty-five million. This Scherzer year got over forty. I think the floor has to be Scherzer. I think that has to be yeah. Unless he wants a one-year deal somewhere fun. No, I think he wants to lock in two, three years of big money while he can. I don't think Houston lets him go though. He's close with Jim Crane. Jim Crane was the one who got him over the finish line with this deal. And I think he's the leader, one of the leaders of that team, too. You think? I mean, look, he's comfortable there. It's up to him. He's in a spot where he can pitch for any team he wants to pitch for. So now I will ask you my last question on Justin Verlander. Uh, when you look at his full body of work now, two rings, three Cy Youngs, an MVP, Rookie of the Year, three no-hitters, 3,000-plus strikeouts, has done everything you need to do as a major league pitcher um, I'm going to set the Bovada over-under for his Hall of Fame percentage on the first ballot at 93%. Over. Well over. Why would it be 93? Because like you said to me yesterday, Hall of Fame voters do weird shit. I mean, look at Rand- what's Randy Johnson's number. I think Randy was like 97. Randy won 300 games and two more Cy Youngs, but I, I get the comparison. I just uh, I don't see a reason. You know what I actually think his best comparison is? As I just went through all those numbers, let's see what Pedro got. Pedro didn't pitch as long. But Pedro, I, I, just for the sake, I mean, won a ring. Yeah. Three Cy Youngs, one, had the 3,000 strikeouts, no hitters, didn't win 300 games. When I'm looking at his resume, Verlander has an extra ring on it, an extra ring and an MVP. And Pedro was at 91.1%. That seems so awesome. we're setting Pedro as the floor. It's a fucking hell of a floor to have. Pedro's the floor. I think Verlander over 95. All right, moving to the National League. Uh, Marlin won the Cy Young Award for the first time, um, and we had two unanimous Cy Young winners. It was the first time since... What franchises are left to have never won Cy Youngs? Um, let's pull up the list of we'll teams. Keep, no, we'll keep doing it. Well, uh, hold on. Right. We, can, we could go on this quick aside. The Rockies. Dodgers have won one. Mets have won one. Astros have won one. Blue Jays, Braves. Philly's not even getting the logo on Google's weird, but... Uh, that is weird. Angels had Bartolo. Red Sox have one. Cubs have one. Did Maddox from Chicago had to? Arietta. Arietta, yeah. Cardinals have had a bunch. Guardians Kluber. have one. Kluber had two. And Cece and Cliff Lee. Lincecum, Jim Palmer. 
the White Sox had Jack McDowell. The Twins had Johan twice. Johan twice. The Rangers. I don't think the Rangers ever have. I'm gonna search that. I, yeah, because no one never won one. Uh, Texas Rangers. Let's see. Baseball famers, MVP, Rookie of the Year, Manager of the Year, Gold Glove. Okay, Rangers are one of them. Uh, the Brewers had Burns. The Tigers had Verlander. The Rays had Price. Reds had Bauer. They did. Pirates had Doug Drabeck. Sandy And now. Vern Law. Good for Vern Law. Uh, the A's had Zito. The Royal... Granky. Granky. Diamondbacks and had Webb and Johnson. Scherzer. So it is just the Rockies and the Rangers. Good research. Who, what are the Bavada odds on who gets a side on first? Texas, Colorado. Texas, because they'll throw the money at a big starting pitcher. They have to. I, I, You know what? You want me to even give you the pitcher who I think is going to do it? Carlos Rodon for the Texas Rangers. How's that for a bold prediction? You stopped short of DeGrom. The DeGrom doing it in Texas. That's the I don't think Steve's going to let him leave, especially if he's not going to bid for Judge. But let's focus on Sandy. Uh, unanimous Cy Young. We didn't really do a good job focusing on Sandy. First time since six. Well, to be fair, we focused on Sandy a lot this year. Him, he, Other than Otani, he was probably our most common feature in the player of the week. Strictly because if you got a complete game, you were in the players of the week. He threw a lot of them. And Albert. <laughs> and Albert. Uh, first time since 68, Denny McClain and Bob Gibson, the year of the pitcher, that there were two unanimous Cy Youngs. All 31st place votes. <coughs> Max Fried finished second. Julio Urias finished third. I love Max Fried. Good Jew. Lefty. He should not have finished second. I, I would have gone Urias two, Gallon three. I agree. But or even run, I would even have had Rodone before Freed. I don't agree with the voting and that, but, but the right guy won. Third Dominican pitcher to win a Cy Young, joining Bartolo and Pedro. Uh, 32 starts. He had the second lowest ERA in the NL, 2.28. Uh, MLB highs in innings and six complete games. They were the most in the majors in six years. It's the first time in AL and his AL NL history that a pitcher threw more complete games than every club that season. Uh, the 27 year old already was the first pitcher in franchise history to post 200 consecutive or to post consecutive 200 strikeout reasons uh, seasons. Uh, he accumulated the most war via fan graphs and baseball reference of the Cy Young Award finalist. Uh, and it's interesting. He had a 303 ERA in his first six starts of the season. Uh, but since then, 13 consecutive starts of at least seven innings. Uh, two complete games, including a thriller against his former club, the Cardinals, on June 29th. Um, didn't pitch in the regular season finale because of his workload, but he finished with complete games and two of his last three starts. Sandy is just a good, old-fashioned workhorse that we haven't had in baseball in a long time. And to be honest, I only think this award would have been close if Gonsolin kept pitching. I mean, Gonsolin was 16 If Gonsolin ended up with 24-1, and one, it's his. Then it's maybe a conversation, but uh, Sandy was just so dominant, took the ball, went deep. It's like if Sandy won seven innings only, we were surprised. And that tells you everything you need to know about uh, the mark of a great pitcher. Congratulations to him. Congratulations to the Mariners. Marlins. Uh, Marlins, thank you. And I think it's now time to revisit what's shaping up to be Pretty terrible trade for the Cardinals, who don't make many of them, but uh, trading Marcel for Marcelo Zuna for Sandy Alcantara and Zach Gallen. Um, so for the Marlins, for the sake of this conversation, they traded Ozuna for Sandy and Jazz Chislam. Maybe Jeter didn't do as bad of a job as we thought when they were unloading the, the stars. Honestly, I, I I don't I don't I'm going down the dark road, and I know that Ozuna was traded in part at, after this happened. That Jose Fernandez dying on a boat is just, it's just it's such infle- a what-if. It is an inflection point in baseball history in the past 20 years. It is an years. unbelievable what-if because there was a lot of talent down there. And even what they got for that talent 
I mean, if you keep Jose for if you're rolling out Jose and Sandy, I mean, that's well, yeah, I don't know if they necessarily trade Ozuna uh, if they have Jose, but if you're rolling out Jose with a lineup of Stanton, Yelich, Ozuna, and JT Real Muto, I think Ozuna would have been the one to go with that. No, because I, I still think it would have been Yelich because at the end of the day, Yelich didn't become that power guy. Yeah, but you weren't him. getting that return. You were still getting a good, I, whatever it is, inflection point. A bit, it's just a sliding doors moment. We'll never know. AL Rookie of the Year, no surprise here. Julio Rodriguez, uh, Jackie Robinson, American League Rookie of the Year award. Um, he is the fifth Mariner to win the award, joining Kyle Lewis, who just got traded. Ichiro, Kazusaki, and Alvin Davis. He received 29 of 30 place, first place votes. Adley received the other first place vote, finishing third. Stephen Kwan uh, finished in third with 44 total points. Uh, All-star, Silver Slugger, Rookie of the Year, the ninth position player to earn all three honors in the same season. Uh, the 21-year-old Rodriguez, Rodriguez returns 22 December 29th. Led all rookies in home runs, war, OPS, WRC+, plus total bases, and finished second in slugging, RBIs, runs, steals, and third in hits. He became the first player with at least 25 home runs and 25 steals in his debut season. Uh, and he was also the fastest to reach those totals, surpassing Mike Trout. Um, interesting note here, um, we talked about way, way in the lockout days that players could earn a full year of service time based on how they finish in the Rookie of the Year voting. Uh, so Adley Rushman, um, even though they called him up late because he finished top three in the Rookie of the Year voting, um, he did earn a full year of service time. Uh, and again, that would be any player with less than 60 days of MLB service coming into the year who was on at least two preseason top 100 prospect licks. Uh, so good for Adley. He gets to move his free agency up here. It's, it's, like, cool why, it's like why bother holding him down at all? Yeah, if you really think these guys are going to be studs, just bring them up. I guess that's why the rules are in place. So, Julio, no surprise here. Um, I'm, I'm going to just set the bar really high here. Uh, within the next, I'll go six seasons. Or one, so let's go seven seasons, end of the decade. Uh, Bavada over under two MVP awards for Julio Rodriguez. Under. Under. You think he wins one at all? I would think his best chance to win one, assuming the Mariners keep tra- trending upwards the year they take the west from the astros and it's his season he could get it uh but otherwise it's tough to win mvps it's only one a year point taken national league rookie of the year uh, i was between two teammates um and what was the year hayward and kimbrell went to one two 2010 uh, 10 or 11 uh, so the Braves have done this before. It was between Michael Harris second and Spencer Strider. Uh, and Michael Harris won. Strider came in second. Uh, they were 1-2 in the Rookie of the Year voting there. Uh, Harris is the ninth Brave to be named Rookie of the Year. First is Acuna in 2018. This probably came more out of nowhere than Julio. I mean, Julio was a top prospect that they just hope would crack the opening day roster as a fan. Uh, the 21-year-old, though, started the season with A Mississippi. Received 22 of 30 place, first place votes. Strider received the remaining eight. Uh, and again, they're the... Uh, eighth pair of teammates to fit, or sorry, it's the first time teammates to finish first and second since Kimbrough and Freeman in 2011. Uh, Braves third round pick in 2018. Didn't make his big league debut until May 28th, but led all rookies with a 5.3 baseball reference war. Uh, the only position players since 2010 who had a higher war as a rookie were Trout, Abreu, Judge, Pete Alonso. So very smooth lead from double A to the majors. 21 year old at 297, 19 home runs. 20 steals, 853 OPS. Finished one home run shy of just becoming the second NL player to record 20 home runs and 
20 steals as a rookie in one season. Uh, future gold glove type guy in center. Eight defensive runs saved. Eight outs above average defensively. Look, this really could have gone either way, and I don't think anyone would have batted an eye. Strider got hurt towards the end, but was so unbelievably dominant for a good chunk of the season. And me trading him was ultimately the downfall of my fantasy baseball team, which in my mind for the Rookie of the Year vote does mean something. Uh, but this award really, in my mind, just credit to the entire Braves organization, man. I, I mean, this is proof that their player development team really is second to none, and they locked the guys up on top of it. Yeah, I mean, now they – yeah, I would take a big under on Michael Harris. MVPs. Uh, but, again, a good season. I probably would have voted Strider here. But the takeaway is, again, just the Braves do everything right. And I know it's hard to project into the future, but when you look at the totality of the rookies this year, I mean, Harris, Strider, and the AL, Adley – Julio, I mean, Stephen Kwan won the Gold Glove this year. Bobby Witt was a distant fourth, and he was a top prospect coming into the year. This at least feels like going into next season that this could be a rookie class that we're going to be talking about for a long, long time. You're not wrong. Baseball rookie classes, I think it's because we're on the college pipeline. The baseball rookie classes, it's not, usually aren't grouped together like this. I used to see it with like a Trout Harper 1-2 case. But it's very rare other than that. But it's rare that you know offhand. Like in football, I mean, we have this cheese game on. You know Herbert's playing right now. We know it's Herbert Burrow too. Well, and I think it's also rare that you have so many top prospects come up at once. Like in the American League alone, Witt, Adley, and Julio. Uh, those are one-name guys who all came up in the same year. Julio, you think, is going to be a one-name guy? Yes. Julio's kind of fine. I guess there aren't that many Julios in baseball these days. Me and Julio down by the Safeco Field. T-Mobile. It's still safe going to me. I don't call it progressive field in Cleveland either. It's the Jake. That's why Yankee Stadium's easy. So where are you going, Yankee Stadium? Always, forever and ever. Let's go to manager of the year. Speaking of the Jake, uh, Terry Francona. I mean, you look at the Guardians, what they had this year. They had a 40-man roster coming into the year with 11 minor leaguers uh, who were added in November to be protected from the Rule 5 draft. Outside of a solid rotation in Jose Ramirez, the opening day roster was full of question marks. Uh, but they won 92 games division title, and Terry won his third manager of the year award. Uh, the only people to win more were Tony La Russa, Bobby Cox, and Buck Showalter. Or they've won the same amount. They all won three. Buck now has four. Uh, he's won all with Cleveland 2013-2016, which is also crazy to me that he never won manager of the year in Boston. Well, I, they, they never won the division. Even in 07? 07, they... 07, they were kind of a 07, wagon, 07, they did win the division. That would have been his year to do it. Who got in 07? It wouldn't have been. Let's think of the playoff teams. It wasn't Tory. Wasn't. It would have. Well, who was the manager in Cleveland? Eric Wedge. Eric Wedge. That. I mean, maybe. Sosha. No. Let's just look. Two. Oh, nope. Don't want to do that. Maybe they went. Two thousand seven AL Manager of the Year was Eric Wedge. Makes sense. Very forgetful manager of the year award. Uh, he had 17 first place votes. Good for Eric Wedge. <laughs> yeah, making it onto the podcast. Nine second place votes. I I personally, as great as the Guardians were this year, I would have voted for Brandon Hyde just because. You, that, I thought you switched. You came around I to tapes. Review, review the tape. Review the tape. No, the tapes no, that have you is coming around. I know. I'm flippy floppy on this. It's it was one where whoever won the award, I think it would I would have been fine with it. Dusty, I think was the third finalist. Um, I just think the Orioles finishing above 500 was so out of my wildest dreams. But look, this is. I a, think it's. I, you're kind of going like that's correct. The, the Orioles going above 500 is was out of your preseason wildest dreams. 
Cleveland winning that division was unfathomable at the start of the year. Yeah, it just shows how much the White Sox shit the bed, too. But, like, again, once it starts the best, going... I mean, the White Sox situations coming into the year, the Guardians were, I would say, a consensus choice for third place. Like, better than the Tigers. People love the Tigers. Maybe not even better than the Tigers. And I can check. They were definitely better than the Royals. They were definitely better than the Royals. But, look, this is Terry Francona putting the finishing touches of uh, Walton into Cooperstown. It's a big theme of the awards this year. Uh, three manager of the years, two rings, universally beloved figure in the baseball. I world. had them finishing fourth. So, yeah, that's why Terry would have been your manager of the year for sure. Uh, credit to Terry. Happy for him. Love uh, Terry. At this point, he's 63. Who knows how many more years he's going to manage, especially given his health problems. But just keep going, Terry. Keep doing your thing. He's good for baseball. And in the National League, uh, we have a new record. Buck Showalter won his fourth manager of the year award with the fourth different team in four different decades. He won with the Yankees in 94, the Rangers in 04, the Orioles in 14. All four of those things are records, obviously. Yes. Uh, and then this year with the Mets, him and Yogi Berra are the only managers to guide the Mets and the Yankees to the playoffs. Uh, he has the second most wins in Major League history without a World Series title, uh, trailing only Gene Mock, but is 19th all-time on the All-MLB list. First Mets Manager of the Year award, leaving the Brewers as the only MLB franchise without one. Uh, Davey Johnson being the notable stub in 86. It was created in 83, hence why Gil Hodges didn't want. Um, I take it back. It wasn't a record. Bobby Cox and Larusa both won four. I even have it in the notes. But the four in four different decades, uh, that's a record. And he's the only manager uh, to win it with four different franchises. One of eight to earn it in both leagues. Buck received eight of a possible 30 place, first place votes which shows the votes were all over here for National League Manager of the Year voting. Uh, you and I got into an interesting conversation about this. Buck's top 20 all-time in wins, but has never won a pennant, has never won a World Series. Is universally respected, but the Hall of Fame is for the winners. The winners write the story. What do you think his candidacy looks like? I know you think he's not going to be. I don't honest. think he's going to. You just gave out a so candidacy. He's won a lot of games. Or he's lost a lot of games. I mean, he, at, he, at a certain point... Do you think if the Mets win the pennant, that's enough for Buck? Yes. But he's never even made a World Series. You're a manager. You're paid to... You're, your whole performance is winning it all. You, can, you can't make a, You can't put him in without having ever been to a World Series. That's, that just isn't it. So we think pennant, decent chance. Look, I would have put Dusty in before winning the ring this year. Because of the body of work and the multiple pennants. Uh, Dusty also had a solid playing career. Yeah, but just as a manager, he'd done enough. Buck has never been to, been, to a, been to the series. Get there and then you have a candidacy. Get right, to right the now, dance and you have a chance. Pretty How about much. That? All right, let's go back to free agency news. Uh, the Yankees, Anthony Rizzo back uh, on a two-year deal with a $40 million guarantee, $17 million in 2023 and 2024, $17 million club option with a $6 million buyout. Last year with the Yankees, 32 home runs matched a career high. Uh, hit 224, 338, 480, 132 WRC+. Plus. Triggered his opt-out and returned to free agency in search of a larger deal. Um, defensively, was outstanding for the Yankees. Uh, to me, I know Judge is the face of the team, and if they bring him back, he's going to be the captain. But Rizzo, in my mind, was the leader of this team, delivered all postseason. Um, and, and I think in both of our minds, Rizzo was not going to leave. This was like the classic, all right, I'm going to opt out, get an extra year on my money, on my guarantee, and then come back. Uh, but I know as a Yankee fan, I, I'm stoked to have Rizzo back. I think the shift being bent, um, 
I don't think Rizzo's ever going to be a 300 hitter again, but I think there's no reason without the shift he can't hit 33 home runs and hit like 250 with which his leadership and his defensive powers at first base. I'd be really stoked about that. I'm glad to have Rizzo back at pinstripe for the next few years. Yeah, Rizzo had to come back. This, he, I mean, obviously Judge is the big piece, but Rizzo, you said you described it well. Rizzo's, Rizzo just seems like a more rah-rah leader than Judge. Judge is a lead-by-example guy. Rizzo is the get-in-your-face, be vocal. You need a guy like him out there. It's almost like Judge is Jeter and Rizzo is Jorge. Pretty much. How's that? I like that. You like that? So Rizzo's back, um, and you talked about the Angels pitching, and I was pretty surprised to hear this move. Rizzo turned down a qualifying offer. Uh, this next guy turned down a qualifying offer and within five minutes moved across the freeway in Los Angeles. Tyler Anderson, three-year, $39 million deal with the Angels with $13 million salaries uh, paid out annually. Again, he turned down the one-year $19.65 million qualifying offer for a more lucrative pack. Uh, the Dodgers are now going to pick from the Angels. And uh, this is an interesting move. I mean, he turns 33 in December, and 2022 was overwhelmingly his career best season with the Dodgers. Dodgers tend to do that with pitchers. 257 ERA, career high 100, 178 to two third innings, 19.5% strikeout rate, put the ball on the ground 40.1% of the time. Uh, he didn't overhaul his pitch repertoire, but did rely more heavily on his changeup. Um, he also was in the 98th percentile in terms of average exit velocity and opponent hard hit rate, 95th percentile in terms of opponent's chase rate on pitches off the plate. I like this move for the Angels. They're not paying him a ton. Uh, but again, this just doesn't move the needle so much. I think now between him and Patrick Sandoval, you have two solid starters behind Otani, but neither is a real two. You need to go out and get that true co-ace, I think, before they could really start competing. Um, but good for Tyler Anderson. I mean, cashing out, you don't have to move too far. And I, I think, if anything, if you're the Dodgers in a weird way, I'm not going to say this comes as a relief because Anderson made the all-star team for them and was really good last year, but it's money off the books that you can now use to go get another front of the rotation arm. So they can they could turn the Tyler Anderson spot into Justin Verlander. Yeah. I, crafty I, I wouldn't sleep on the Dodgers being players for Rodone, too. Well, I was going to talk about more in the Anderson context with the Angels now. If Rodone goes to the Angels, are we... Can we finally start having serious talks about the Angels being a playoff team? Are yes. they Carlos Rodon away? Yes. Or Maybe. Verlander, but I don't think he goes to Anaheim. He won't go there. But if you go to that rotation, here's an interesting note for the Angels. Do they need another right-handed starter if they get Rodon? We, that, we haven't had a left-handed heavy rotation like that. I can't think of any. Me neither. So good for Anderson going to the Angels. Uh, let's talk about a Dodger who is now a free agent. Mentioned him at the start of the show. Cody Bellinger, he was entering his final year of arbitration. Uh, MLB trade rumors had him projected for $18.1 million. The team decided to non-tender him, and he will be a free agent. And this is probably one of the biggest fall from graces as a young for a young talent that we've ever seen. 2017, he comes up. It's 36 home runs, 100-plus RBIs, all-star rookie of the year. 2019, wins the MVP, 47 home runs, 305, 406, 329 slash line. Coming into 2020, he was a career 278, 368, 559 hitter. One of the premier guys. He's 24 years old. Um, 2020 in the in the shortened season, hit 239 in 56 games, but still above average. And even that year, he had 245 on balls in play. You know, that's an easy bounce back there. But he dislocated his right shoulder, celebrating a home run in Game Seven of the 2020 NLCS. Underwent surgery, and while he was healthy enough to open the 2021 season, in 95 games, he had 160, 240. 302 
Um, and really just has not looked the same since. I mean, off-speed pitches seem to just absolutely crush this guy. To his credit, uh, he hasn't allowed it to affect his work in the field. Uh, he's still an elite runner, moved full-time to center field after coming up as a first baseman. So roughly above average center fielder the past two years. Uh, his 1,900 innings of center field work since the start of the 2021 season. And again, he's, I think, 27 years old. He's practically my age. Uh, so a really fascinating bounce-back candidate. Um, so I will ask you this. Who do you think is the Bavada favorite to sign Cody Bellinger? Uh, and then if so, how much, how many years? And if you're Cody Bellinger, are you taking a one-year prove-it deal or are you trying to lock in some guaranteed cash now? I think you look for two. A I one think, with an option maybe? I think you try and get a two-year. Two, I, I think you try and go for like a two for 40. Is that even on the table for him at this point? No shot. Because I, th- I'm no, I think you also have to contextualize it with – the Dodgers weren't willing to pay him $18 million. And I know all it takes is one team to meet your market, but... I'm all in on him as a bounce-back guy. I think that when the Blue Jays traded to I think Hernandez, I, I think Cody Bellinger makes a lot of sense I think there. He's a Kick Springer player. over to a corner outfield spot, let Bellinger play center. Is Springer... I I kind of forgot about this I one. think it, what's an easy way to make George Springer healthy? Put him in left field instead of center. Or right field. There's an... Teoscar gone. And it only makes a good defensive team better. Chapman a third. Vlad just won the gold glove. I would like him a lot there. But, I, I mean, it really is unbelievable there. I mean, 2019, coming into the 2020 season, Bellinger was in the same breath as Trout. We thought of him as one of those guys and one of the next future faces of baseball and just hasn't looked the same since. Wasn't meant to. I, but he's still so young. He, again, he's only 27, theoretically entering his prime. We know what he can be. I hope he gets back. Yeah, and I think it's certainly possible. Uh, speaking of those qualifying offers, I said the over-under last week of one and a half. Over-hit. Uh, Martin Perez accepted and Jock Peterson accepted. Perez at the age of 31, 32 starts, 196 in the third innings, uh, 289 ERA there. Uh, Peterson, 274, 353, 521 slash line. 144 WRC+, 44% above league average, 16 points beyond anything he'd done previously in his career. I'm not surprised Jock accepted this offer just because, again, as good of a year as he had, he still has a lot of offensive limitations against lefties. Um, So for him to cash in for almost $20 a year, great. Perez, I'm surprised only from the standpoint of, look what Tyler Anderson just got. Uh, To me, I think Perez at a minimum could have gotten a three for 36 from somebody. I mean, if Perez thinks he's going to do it again, I'll get a way bigger contract. And I think the Rangers, I have a feeling the conversation with him in Texas, they drafted him, they brought him back after he was in, I think, Minnesota, the Red, but he was in Boston for a bit. You know, I think there's probably discussions there. Like, look, we, it's almost like this was their version of the franchise tag. You know, yeah. sign this, let's lock in next year, and then we can tear it up if need be. That's a good way to think of it. Let's talk about another Seattle trade. 2020 Rookie of the Year, Kyle Lewis traded to Arizona for Cooper Hummel. Uh, he was the Mariners' first-round pick in 2016. And in 2020, again, short in season 58 games, but 11 home runs, great 14% walk rate, 262, 364, 437 slash line, 127 WRC plus, Rookie of the Year. Um, 2021, though, began the year on the injured list. He was back on the shelf in early June and when he suffered a meniscus tear, missed, missed the remaining of that season. Open 2022 on the IL, was reinstated on May 25th, nearly a full calendar year since uh, his previous MLB game. Suffered a concussion, spent two months on the injured list, uh, played in 14 games in July, but then was sent down to AAA. 245, 362, 517 slash line, 12 home runs through 14 games there. Uh, Hummel on the flip side, 
really a quadruple-A player in triple-A Reno, 310, 423, 527, slash line, 500-plate appearances. Uh, so really good line there. I love this trade for the Diamondbacks. You didn't have to give up a lot, and you're taking a flyer on a guy who's two years removed from winning Rookie of the Year, former first-round pick pedigree. Um, almost reminds me a lot of when these two teams linked up and the D-backs got Cattell Marte for Taiwan Walker. They took a shot on a guy who was came up high, uh, very herald prospect for Seattle and then underachieved a bit. I, again, if Lewis yeah. is like 75% of what he showed as a rookie, that's an impact player for a Diamondbacks team that I think is on the rise with a lot of good young players. I don't know if they're on the rise. I think they're on the rise. I mean, I don't know if they have that much farther to go. They, they have a lot of rising to do. That's okay. You got to start somewhere. It's like Bruce Springsteen said, come on out, pull the Ooh. rising. Yeah, that was, he was probably thinking of Kyle Lewis. <laughs> when he wrote the song 20 years ago and Kyle Lewis was in elementary school. Pretty much. Right. You want some of the Sprite that we're drinking out of a two-liter right now? Yeah, that's what's behind the scenes. Yeah, yes. This is how you make a podcast. Uh, one of my favorite former Yankees got traded for the second year in a row. That's Gio- good Sprite. Yeah, very good Sprite. What do you think of the new uh, bottle? I'm not sure how I feel about the new clear bottle. Only I don't there. know if I, I missed the green bottle. You know what it is? It for looks years, like water. Well, for years, this was the Sprite Zero bottle, so it throws me off. That Because okay, that- Sprite Zero... Fill in a gap for a second while I take a sip, and then I'll go on my Sprite Zero rant. Start talking. No, about I... I- the new bottle, I when I saw it in the fridge, I didn't. I passed on. I thought it was Sprite Zero. Sprite Zero. Uh, usually, I'm not a snob when it comes to like diet soda versus low calorie options. The only two to me that are noticeably worse um, are Sprite Zero and Diet Orange Soda. Is really bad. I think Diet Pepsi is excellent. Diet. I actually drink Diet Pepsi more than I drink regular Pepsi. I I don't drink regular Pepsi. Pepsi Max. Have- Love Pepsi Max. I drank a regular Pepsi like two days ago. Yeah, but that I was had the bottle in my hand right now. That wasn't by choice. That was someone bought it was a, a fluke. Pepsi. It would be weird. It would have been uh, rude of me not to drink it. It was a gift. He, just, he left the Pepsi, and I wanted the. It Pepsi. was a gift from Delaware. All right, Joe Rochella reuniting with uh, former coaches Phil Nevin and Marcus Thames uh, in Arizona. He was traded from the Angels to the Twins for Alejandro Hidalgo. Shell is 31 years old, Twins third baseman. I think Gio has settled into just being a solid above average big league regular. 285. I wouldn't get too settled if I was Gio. I think he's just going to get traded every year. 285, 338, 429, slash line, 13 home runs, 27 doubles, uh, which again was a step up from what he was with the Yankees in 2021. Cut his strikeout rate 7% last year. Uh, made contact above average 81% of his swings. Over 1,600 plate appearances since his breakout in 2019. 290 hitter, 336 on base percentage. Uh, solid defensively all around, 118 WRC+. plus. He might be the Angels' starting shortstop right now, depending on uh, Anthony Rendon and what they view of him or if they're going to try to trade him. But I had Phil Nevin went and got one of his favorite guys. I love Gio. I think he's a great locker room guy. Good, good kind of for nothing move by the Angels. And I'm kind of surprised the Twins moved them for so little. Yeah, I mean, I just think they kind of – I'm telling you, I'm, I'm thinking Urshel's going to get moved every year now. So he probably did his time in Minnesota. Which is so and weird because he's like a likable guy who's a solid player. Yeah, and people are always interested in likable guys and solid players. And no one's ever married to likable guys and solid players. That's true. Always looking for bigger and better when you have a guy like that. Yep. Uh, Padres, three-year, $26 million deal with Nick Martinez. He had opted out of his traditional deal. $10 million next season, and then they have to decide whether to exercise $16 million team options for the 2024 and 2025 seasons there. Uh, Nick Martinez, they brought him over 
uh, from Japan. Began the year in the rotation, 403 ERA. But once he moved to the bullpen, he was phenomenal there in 46 innings, 35 appearances, 274 ERA. Opponents at 211 against him. Um, and again, look, uh, $8 million for an above-average reliever. And you go into next year with Martinez, uh, Suarez, and Josh Hader, 789, with a rotation that's still going to have Darvish, Musgrove, Blake Snell, um, and Mackenzie Gore. Oh, well, Mackenzie Gore is in Washington. Uh, but those big three, and then if they bring back Manet and Clevenger, Padres are blowed enough for another run next year. I mean, this is it. Padres have to win the World Series now, or they're going to have to trade someone. You want it to be Tatis? I think it should be Tatis. They, look at what they did with Adam. And he's kind of a dick. Uh, immature, for sure. As his own GM said as much. Yeah, that's like, there's certain, immature doesn't like, doesn't jump off the page as a damning insult. That's a tough one. So, if your boss calls you immature. If your boss calls you immature after already giving you 300 plus million dollars, it's a really tough look. You have to be really Because you want to do everything possible to paint that guy in the best light as humanly possible. Yeah. Two other moves. Uh, Twins received Kyle Farmer uh, from the Cincinnati Reds. The the player, uh, Kyle Farmer, was a second-year arbitration eligible, projected around $5.9 million. He's 32, hit 255 for the Reds, 14 home runs, can play all over. Nothing to say here. Kyle Farmer, I like his name. Tyler Matzik, two-year, $3.1 million deal with the Braves. Big part of their 2020 World Series run. Our 2021 World Series run. Uh, Tommy John surgery last year, so he's going to rehab with the team there. Uh, but again, for 2020 to the present with Atlanta, 135 and two third innings, 2.92 ERA. Um, you know, if you can get him back for the 2024 season, that's great. You're basically rewarding. Pay for him. rehab. Yeah, you're paying for rehab and rewarding a guy for his good service. And the last piece of free agent moves that I have uh, in terms of arbitration, etc., is Isaiah Kiner Falefa. A lot of Yankee fans are pissed. They avoided arbitration with him, brought him back for six million dollars there. Look, at the end of the day, if he's I, a good fifth in. If the IKF experiment at shortstop where he's starting shortstop goes into next year that's a problem but for six million dollars if he's the utility guy like you said the fifth infielder kind of plays all over steals some there was still some a lot of good with ikf last year 22 steals put the ball in play a lot um and look if you're paying him six million dollars if you could somehow move the donaldson contract and have him play third a lot where he actually won a gold glove not shortstop then i like this a whole lot more i liked what he was catching yeah, and he's an emergency catcher. That was definitely baked into the contract negotiations. It should be. The next guy just has the ability to catch. But I don't really like his bat. His bat, I, his bat underperformed all year. And that needs to be fixed if he's playing every day. Uh, the glove is more of an issue for me. I mean, you talk, we talked about Anthony Rizzo and his glove. Think of all the debilitating errors IKF had. And if it wasn't for Rizzo, I think that list is at least 10 to 15 plays deeper. Yep. So, uh, IKF, you just got $6 million. You should be giving Rizzo a little piece. Buy him a pair of Beats headphones or something. Or get him like a candy, like a tea set. Something he doesn't already have. Yeah. Get him something fun. Uh, so, miscellaneous news, and then we'll wrap up the show. Uh, Yasiel Puig, not in the news for something good. He might be going to jail. Uh, he pled guilty to lying to federal agents during an investigation. Can't do that. Into an illegal gambling operation. Can't do that. Uh, the official charge making false statements is a felony that could carry a sentence up to five years. He's agreed to pay a fine of at least fifty-five grand as part of a plea agreement and will make a court appearance this week. It's unknown if he'll be formally sentenced. 
then or what the future is. Uh, but he placed hundreds of bets in an illicit gambling rink between May and September 2019. Uh, Puig bet on football, tennis, and basketball, but did not ever place a bet on baseball. The criminal charge stemmed not from the bets themselves, but a meeting with federal investigators in January, where Puig told the agency never discuss gambling with an anonymous member of the operation. Those are bad words. Is there ever? I mean, is Yasiel Puig up there in the past 10, 20 years of the most self-destructive players in baseball? I mean, was so exciting and so gifted when he came up and has just shot himself in the foot over and over again. And now he's facing a real possibility of hard time. Yasia Puig is the bad guy that the media wanted to uh, to have you believe Manny Ramirez was. I like that. I like that take a lot. But yeah, no, but Puig, Puig is really... Puig is... Yeah, no, the Puig... He's a what-if to me on some level. I mean, he won he a He was ring, so much fun. But he, I mean, when he Did he came, win a ring? Was he not on the tour? No. Oh, he was well out by 2020. No, no, did not have a rank. Had yeah. a World Series appearance. Not as Yeah, exciting. World Series appearance. Not as exciting. Not the same. Jason Hayward officially released from the Cubs Monday. Um, he still owed $22 million this year as uh, part of the eight-year $184 million contract, which covered 16 to the 20, 2016 to 2023 season. This is officially, I would say, the end of the era now for the Cubs. Kyle Hendricks is the only man standing from that team, uh, assuming Wilson Contreras moves on. What What is Hayward's legacy in Chicago? Obviously, won the ring. he won the ring. He gave the flags five forever rah-rah speech in Game 7. You know, he did win some gold gloves, so he wasn't a complete zero there, but this was such a gross overpay, probably at the time as well. Uh, is the legacy just he was a big part of the World Series team and the contract at least? In my mind, at least, there's no free agent that the Cubs were not able to sign because of Hayward, thinking like in the same vein of like the Orioles couldn't re-sign Machado, Machado because of Chris Davis. Like, this yeah. didn't cripple no, them financially to the that prevented them from competing. I think Hayward goes back to Chicago in a couple of years, throws out a first pitch, standing ovation. Crowd's pumped. Everyone's pumped. And a consummate professional and a leader, for sure. Yes. Everywhere he's gone. Um, is this the end of the Jason Hayward in baseball story? Probably not. I just think because he is so – I just he's such a good clubhouse guy. The team can bring him around. And I think – I'm going to loop him in with another guy who got released this year. And it just shows the caution of long-term deals with guys who rely on speed and athleticism. It, it feels like him and Lorenzo Cain did a lot in Milwaukee in the back, back end, but never or in the front end, but never won a ring. And it, it just shows when guys who are when you sign these guys based on like their war, basically, you, you run into problems. It's like you said earlier. Sometimes you got to just look at what's actually going on and pay based on that. What well, Mahomes just did something wild. It didn't work. Um, yeah, the Hayward thing, it's, look, it's a good contract. I kind of like, last week we sent Kiermaier to St. Louis. If Kiermaier would take a million dollars less and they could give that million to Hayward to be uh, their extra outfielder, send him home. Not a terrible fit. Well, sending him home to me would be Atlanta. I don't, I think home is Chicago. He spent most of his career with the Cubs now. No, I'm saying, though, if you're saying sending him home, though, it would be Atlanta over St. Louis. Yeah, but just send him home because he used to be home. Send him somewhere. Wherever you got your roots. Bryce Harper uh, is going to go elbow, undergo elbow surgery this week for a damaged UCL. Uh, we don't know if it's going to be full Tommy John surgery or wh- whether an internal brace procedure could suffice. Uh, we won't know until the surgery is performed. I mean, again, when you think of Harper's run during the whole postseason, uh, the guy did it with a fucking torn elbow. 
which just makes it all the crazier. Uh, you know, thank God that the DH was a thing in both leagues for so many reasons, but mostly because it allowed Bryce Harper to play this year. And again, even if he gets Tommy John, it's not inconceivable that he could be DHing and playing by like May, June. Like that's what we saw Otani do, and he on top of it had the pitching rehab. So uh, again, if this is not full Tommy John, maybe we see him play in April. But even if he is, this is not as catastrophic as it sounds. No, hopefully, I mean, but hopefully is, it's the best but, case scenario because I love Bryce Harper. I think baseball now needs to reverse course back to when he first called up, got called up, and he was the chosen one. That was he's the guy. He's the he should be the face of everything. It's, there cannot be an MLB commercial without somebody him. compared him. Somebody said today he's the cross between George Brett and Frank Robinson. Well, that's not true. That's he's that that that's high praise. Did you say Brooks Robinson or Frank Robinson? Frank Robinson. I think Frank Robinson is woefully underrated. Yeah, he's not. He's not that. And George Brett's also George Brett like three ninety. I think the Brett part is more of like the fiery the competitor. Yeah, he does have he does have good intensity. Texas getting the All Star game. It's turning to the Rangers and Globe Life Stadium in twenty twenty four. Uh, it will be the ballpark's fifth season and the first time, second time Texas hosts, first time being 1995. First in the new ballpark. They've been pursuing MLB Jewel events since the groundbreaking of the new park in 2017. Let's fly out for this All-Star game. I'm going to say it now. I've never been to the All-Star game. I'll do that one. I like that. That and house is fun. Let's go check out a new stadium. I've been inside the stadium, not to a game, believe it or not. I believe it. I think I sent you a picture. Folks. I'm in the same boat there with. Uh, Which means I have not now been to Oracle it. Park, formerly AT and T. I was able to creep in a couple bit into the stadium. I asked a worker, but I have not been to a game. Yep. Okay. We means if I'm die if I die, I cannot say I've been to a, a game there. No, I agree. If people ask me, have you been to every stadium in California? I say I have physically been inside all of them, but I've seen a game at four of the five. Yeah. Could have done without Oakland. You, you really, I mean, you're not the only person that hates the Coliseum. The Coliseum, well, I, I will get praise. It was the best beer selection of any baseball stadium I've been to, but it's a literal shithole. Like, it smelled like shit. Like Pontiac. And the backpack giveaway, it was uh, of, like, one of the mascots in the 70s, and it literally, like, picture looking at Bugs Bunny on PCP. It was, like, legit. Like That's if I, sick. If I was a little kid, though, getting the backpack, I'd be terrified. Oh, not good. Speaking of the A's, uh, Billy Bean transitioning into a new role. Uh, he will now be senior advisor to managing partner John Fisher, uh, working on strategic decisions. David Forst will now head up the baseball operations. Uh, prior to this, Billy Bean had been the longest tenure baseball ops leader in baseball, having ascended to the post of GM back in 97. Billy Bean, Moneyball needs no explanation there. Bean, I think they made the playoffs like seven or eight times in his tenure. I've never, I don't even know if they've gotten into the ALCS. Oh, six. Okay, they've gone to the ALC else once, and they got swept in epic fashion by the Tigers. What is Billy Bean's legacy? It's the Brad Pitt movie. Is it like is he like one of the baseball's great contributors? If that makes sense. Yeah, he's. I mean, Brad Pitt played him in a movie. He's got nothing to complain about. Brad Pitt's a good looking. And dude. I have to think at this point, if he hasn't left yet, the A's got to be paying him more than we think. They're probably paying him a lot more, and that's why they're not paying to play. Well, all right, here's another big what if. What does the past 20 years of baseball look like if Billy Bean takes the job in 02 in Boston and Theo never gets elevated? I think the Red Sox. I think Oakland may have been. I, they, I, more or less the same, but I Oakland, don't know if Boston wins in 04. I don't know if Billy Bean trades Nomar. 
Maybe. That's what the numbers said to do. It's a big what if. A lot of what ifs. I think baseball's pretty much the same, but the A's may have been out of Oakland by now. So you could argue that he's actually counterproductive to the growth of the game. All right, some tweets of the week from Sarah Langs. Uh, this was the third year that both Rookie of the Year runners, winners are under a, the age of 22 uh, in a single year, joining Trout and Harper and Lou Whitaker and Bob Horner. Uh, this is an interesting one. Two Cy Young winners, Sandy at a 228 ERA in 228 innings, Verlander 175 ERA in 175 innings. You like that? That's some Illuminati shit right there. Right there. Uh, it said the unanimous one. This is just a judge stat about how dominant he was. Uh, post All Star break, he had 349, 502, 785. The rest of the Yankees had 232, 292, 360. Kind of puts it in perspective that That's why he's the maybe us winning 99 games was a bit of an overachievement despite the first half. It was, I mean, Judge was the best player. That's why Judge gets the MVP. Judge is six foot seven inches and now the tallest MVP, passing Giancarlo Stanton. Big dudes. And I just wanted to share this tweet with Mark Carrick to end the show. Uh, paying $44 billion just to break Twitter is almost as bad as paying $50 million just to trade away Nolan Arenado. It's bad. Everything. Twitter, I think, is alive. Twitter's alive and well. If it's not, and we don't have a podcast next week, you know why. Uh, any concluding thoughts for this week's show? I'll let you go first because I'll get heartfelt for a second. I get heartfelt too. Um, I know I said a similar PSA last week. Guns away. Stop. Shoot! I mean, That's there was another sad. nightclub shooting at uh, Colorado Springs this past weekend. I think it may have been this morning. Uh, stop fucking doing that. It's enough. Enough is enough there. Uh, mine will be Thanksgiving is this week. You know, hopefully everyone listening will be with their families. Uh, you know, for me and you, uh, more so for me, I've had a lot of friends lose family members in the past couple weeks. Uh, even this morning for me, you know, one of my like childhood heroes, Jason David Frank from the Power Rangers passed away at 49. Look, the world's a crazy place. What you just said is no different for it. A lot of weird shit going on in the world. Take advantage of the off time Thursday, really spend the time with your family and cherish it. Cause you never know when you're not going to be able to do that. So take advantage of the time while we have it for sure. Um, and to end on a more positive note, uh, what time's your family Thanksgiving Thursday? Bruce start drinking at wake up. The Giants at four o'clock is kind of a botch. I would have preferred one. One or the night shift. Um, my other thing that we'll end with, because um, even though I gave a good message, I like to end on something happy. Do you think there'll be any baseball news between now and the next time we record? Probably. That's why I always, <laughs> to quote Bob Euchre in Major League, that's why he's the best color man in the game. Price Holden. Perfect way to end. Um, everyone have a great week. Have a great weekend. Have a great Thanksgiving. I don't know why I said every great weekend. We're recording on Sunday. But enjoy the holiday. Stay warm. It's getting cold as shit here in New York. With Bryce Holden, my name is Chase Fedorsky, and this is the Underdog Sports Baseball Show.